Look How Sane and Linear We Are Being is a Homestuck fan analysis podcast and is not affiliated with Andrew Hussey, Viz Media, What Pumpkin Studios, or any of Homestuck's official entities. Please remember to support the release of its books and merchandise whenever possible. Feel free to read along with us. If you have epilepsy or any other light-sensitive disabilities or disorders, we suggest you stick to the audio. This show is not safe for work, and if you're a minor, we ask that you wait to listen until you're old enough to vote for our clown juggalo overlords. It's time to go to hell. Hi, and welcome to Look How Sane and Linear We Are Being, a Homestuck fan cast in the year of our Lord, 2019. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm also Elizabeth, and I have to apologize, because when we were recording last episode, I didn't realize that it was going to be the Tuesday before 4.13, so I didn't wish everybody a happy 4.13, and now I'm going to be stoned to death by Homestuck fans. Oh no, that's a shame. 413 is other things. I didn't know it was Homestuck Day until, like, I started reading Homestuck. For years, it was other things. So you're, you're, you're gonna be fine, I'm sure. I'll probably be okay. We'll get a better Homestuck holiday on June 12th. Oh. And on October 25th. Oh, well, good, good to know. Those are two very good days. You'll see why June 12th is a good day in act five (laughs) and you'll see why october 25th is a good day because of cascade well that's i wouldn't say it's necessarily ominous but i don't know what it means yet i'll just have to wait and see those belated congratulations are over elizabeth we got out of the intermission and we read part of act four (laughs) did yes i'm so happy they're back all of them are back What did you think so far? What did I think so far? I thought things are good. Things are getting very, I mean, they were already interesting, but things are getting more unearthly. And as always, I appreciated the amount of Dave and Jade content in this section that we read. I very much did like that. Are you, wait, hold on, Elizabeth, I have to stop this. Are you, are you a Dave Jade shipper? No! You just like their friendship. Not, li- literally, yes. The, the, the ampersand, not the slash. I just wanted to make sure, because, Elizabeth, I have to tell you from this point on, whenever you say you like this kind of interaction, people are going to assume you ship those two. I will say that no! right now. No! I will make it perfectly clear. <clears throat> I do not, and never will. Ship, Dave, and Jade. They are friends and nothing more. That is my per- my Elizabeth's personal opinion. No, and no, wait a minute. Stay that way forever. I have to. I have to ask. That's not my cup of tea. I know. I know who ends up with who at the end. But why are you so venomously against it when I just asked you that question right now? <laughs> I have never 
in all of the however long we've known Dave and Jade for, their interactions have never read to me as anything other than purely platonic. They're best friends, even a little sibling-like in my opinion, but I can see no romantic tension there anywhere. Okay, Elizabeth, I uh-huh. I completely agree with you, but I uh-huh. I do have to say... <laughs> Uh-huh. When Dave needed to go pee, <laughs> he was, like, so embarrassed that Jade would see his penis that he of was, like... Of course he is. He's 13. He's 13. <laughs> so, of course, he was embarrassed. That has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, but do you think it might have been... No. Do you think it might have been because he has, like, a crush on her? Absolutely not. And they always, like, flirt with each other? No, they don't! (laughs) She's always like, you're so cool. And... No. No. Bad voice. No. (laughs) Do you you hate this voice that I do now? (laughs) It's It's terrible. It's very bad. You know what? That's fine. Because you know who actually is in love? Do I want to know? It's John and the Grey Text because they bonded over this human emotion called friendship. I have some doubts about your opinions in terms of relationships. I'm single. And critical analysis of everything. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know, like Dave, Dave I, I remember back in the day, I, I knew quite a few people who thought that Dave Jade was a very sweet ship. And of course, shipping means you're friendshipping. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just generally speaking, they're good for each other. Like I like their interactions because they seem to understand each other. I've been I've been over that, but no. You just don't see it. No. Just because two characters talk to each other doesn't mean they have to kiss. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But you you like Dave and Jade's friendship reactions, right? Yeah, of course. Even when she, like Rose was doing with John's stuff, is tearing up his house a little bit, maybe. I love how no, none of them can actually play this game. <laughs> They're so bad at it. It was Dave who was like, I'm so good at this game. And to be fair, all of the terrible things he did with it were on purpose. All of Dave's shitty things in the game are less things that he did in the game, but the fact that it took him like an hour and a half to log in to like actually get Rose into the medium. Yeah. Which Rose is in the medium now. Hell yeah. She sure is. She did not get burned up or crushed or anything like that, which seems good. And now she is in the medium and she has something talking to her. Calling her a seer, I think. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's a that's a fun time to be going through in your life. So, Elizabeth, I don't know if you I, you've probably noticed this, but I don't know if you've noticed this, 
but John and Rose were sent to two different places. I did notice that, actually. John was sent to the land of wind and shade. We like to call it, we call it Loas. And Rose was sent to the land of light and rain. Mm-hmm. Usually people don't acronym that one because it's not brought up as much. They look very different, but there is something similar about them, and that is that they both appear on the mayor's wall in his drawing. Yes, and when I asked you all those episodes ago, which one was I which? was completely wrong. I was very much very wrong. Yes, because now we know that Rose is the happy one. And John's is the goth one. (laughs) Somehow, that's how it worked out. I guess John's planet is covered in tar. And Rose's is, like, bright and colorful and pastel and stuff. I don't remember what specific part of their characters unlocks what land they go to. I think it's based on their class, but I don't remember. I think having a light land is like a seer thing, but I could be completely wrong because I'm not super learned in the Homestuck meta part of it. There are rules in Spurb that are very clear. Well, not clear (laughs) as in you can tell what they are in the comic, but Andrew Hussey has made these very stable rules of what Spurb stuff is. And some people have memorized them all. I didn't do that. I'm not sure if I could, should congratulate you or not. <laughs> I feel like, yes, good job. I spent all of my Homestuck meta time analyzing troll culture, so I'm not very good at the spurb stuff. As is your right. I can tell you all about troll culture. I can tell you all about the matri- orbs and the- actually- can't tell you all about that yet, but we'll get to it. We did see another troll, but only briefly. It was the same one we that Jade talked to before, which you think is Carcat. Yep. You're pretty sure that's Carcat. Yep. I'm not going to confirm or deny that it's Carcat. Yeah. yeah. It might be Carcat. It's Carcat. We've had a little bit of a longer pester log with them. Mm-hmm. The last one was with Jade, and it was very short because Jade just fucking blocked them and just went on with her life. This one was longer. What did you think of this? It seemed very interesting. It was similar to the one with Rose and the troll I have interpreted it as Kanaya because they were talking about timelines and already having explained stuff and already being friends. Hey, hey, wait a minute, Elizabeth. Uh-huh. If you, if you think that this pester log is like the one with Rose and so-called Kanaya, uh-huh. do you think that maybe like John no. and like so-called Carcat are like in love? No. Because Elizabeth. <laughs> uh-huh. They call each other friends. Uh, do they? And... John says, why are you kissing my ass? And you know that's not something you do with someone you only have strictly platonic feelings for. I think the intricacies of human relationships and idioms escape you. <laughs> that's what I think. Anyway, but what, what, do, what do you think of so-called Carcat? Um, He's still kind of an asshole, but you know, that's not surprising. 
if this is what your friendship looks like. I would hate to see anything else. <laughs> oh, honey. Okay. I have to ask this specific question. Did this conversation elevate your idea of this character or did you dislike them after this? I think I'm a little bit neutral, but I will say that I just realized what character they remind me of because, full disclosure, listeners, I have been watching Steven Universe and I might have watched like 60 episodes in the course of about a week. This is going to turn into a Steven Universe podcast right now. There was just one comparison. Steven Universe. Are you going to fucking say Peridot? Maybe. Yeah. You going to say Peridot? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say Peridot. (laughs) See, I'm a fucking mind reader. I'm the superior Elizabeth. But I do like Peridot a lot more than than this troll. If you're comparing so-called Carcat to Peridot, We're at the point right now in the introduction of this character. This is like the same as Peridot on the ship, where she's not likable at all. (laughs) You have not had time to be endeared to this character. Although I did sort of like Peridot from the beginning because she's terrible. It's harder to be endeared to a terrible character when all you have is text instead of fun visual character design. So, uh, so-called Carcat did kind of explain a few things to John, but kind of didn't because he's already explained it to John. So, did we learn anything? Is the question. Well, he did say, you aren't the only ones playing the game. Every group of players gets their own distinct blank slate session. So I guess there's that. Although I don't know if that's really something we didn't know exactly, especially since then we saw that um, Rose wasn't in the same medium as John. Well, oh, I don't know if, I mean, it, it, I probably shouldn't tell you. Because it's it's more of like just like the structure of how Spurb works that they're getting to here. Ooh. For Spurb to work, you know, you need a server player and a client player, right? Right. So you have the server player and the client player, and then someone else can come and be a server to the other server. So it kind of goes in a chain like that. Right. And we saw Jade was talking about how she's going to be john's server so they're going to make a closed loop of server client and then everyone will have been rescued and in the medium and not going to get smushed by uh meteors yes so what this troll is saying is that they have a different closed loop than john and john's group does so every person who has a closed loop gets a session gotcha It's not like every session has one planet. Every session has one planet for each of the servers and clients. Okay, so it's like different systems. Yeah, it's like different systems, like a planet system. Or a, yeah, did you say a plant system or a planet system? I said a planet system. (laughs) Okay, I was going to say also a planet system. (laughs) (laughs) The, The more basic comparison there, but okay. 
No, like a planet system. Yeah. Basically, th- this isn't really a spoiler. Again, it's just structure that you're going to get. I pretty Act 4 is full of learning about the structure of Spurb. We spent the first few acts learning about the characters that we're going to be making this journey with. Act 4 is like a lot of lore, and it's a lot of trolls. <laughs> <laughs> well. So we're, we're, we're getting into that bit, but basically, as far as they know in the story right now, these four kids are trying to do a closed loop here. They haven't run into anybody else with a, with a loop, except for these trolls, apparently. Which we don't know where the fuck these trolls are. Right, they could be literally anywhere as far as we know. I mean, for that matter, John and Rose could be literally anywhere as far as we know. Yeah, I I actually know where John and Rose are. <laughs> well, yeah, you do. Well, of course, they're on Loas Lo and Lolai. Yes, they're there. Where Loas and Lolai are... Lo... Lo... Lo, 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 what the fuck ever we don't <laughs> care oh there was one more thing about this conversation i wanted to bring up yes not carcat or so-called carcat says they've been trolling john backwards <laughs> in time what do you think of that <laughs> listen after all of the intermission stuff i'm just like yeah okay like, yeah, 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 okay. That seems, that seems plausible. <laughs> Basic. I know the intermission got you set up for all these time shenanigans, but yeah. so-called Carcat has fucked up trolling so bad that whenever they talk to John, they're like, no way, I'm gonna go a little earlier in the timeline so that he won't remember that. And then just <laughs> keeps, keeps doing that into until we're right here. This is actually, it's not the first conversation that John and Karkat have had from John's perspective. Right. But it is the first significant one that we've seen. One of my favorite so-called Karkat conversations is... The first time Carcat talks to John, it's actual poetry. <laughs> oh, geez. wait, do we get to see that? Yeah, it's not not for a while, but <laughs> it's really good. Oh boy! I I pitched a name for this podcast to a couple of names for this podcast to you. One of them was Attention Worthless Human, and that one was from that pester oh, log. Right? Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, we. this podcast's name was almost Attention Worthless Human. I think we went with the better one. Look how sane and linear we are being. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Listen, after last episode, we're just really driving home the irony of that. This is pretty linear. But hey, you know, we, we have a really good podcast title from a very good troll. Yes. And, you know, the podcast has been doing really well with that title. So well, in fact, that it is time for a minigame session. Oh boy! Alright everybody, and welcome to the best part of the podcast. It is the mid-episode minigame. I am the true Elizabeth, and we are going to be playing some minigames that stump the false Elizabeth. And the imposter. No. 
But our mini games that I, the actual true Elizabeth, will be playing are image description, music appreciation, true or false, hussies fixations, or troll who wants to be a millionaire. Ah, oh, which is the new one, which we've played a couple of times. You might have heard it on the other episodes. But let's hope we don't get that today, because we got it a couple of times in a row. <laughs> yeah, we did. Let's see what we get instead. And we're going to be playing Music Appreciation. Oh, I've been so waiting for the next Music Appreciation, because I've come up with so many lovely titles. Have we not played this since our very first episode? It seems like we have not, because I still have the original two original ones that I wrote in this document right here. Dang! So this is the second music appreciation. I'm glad we got to it. Uh, so I guess I should explain the rules because it's been a while. Music appreciation is a game where I list three real song titles from any of Homestuck music albums and mix them with two false song titles of my own creation, and Elizabeth has to find the false tracks. Yep. Now, Elizabeth... Yes. Are you ready for three real tracks and two fake ones? Yes. All right. We have the Nick Cage song, Ode to Cage, How Do I Live Original, How Do I Live Bunny Back in the Box version, or How Do I Live Date Night version. Ah... Okay, and there's three real ones and two false ones? Yes. Okay. That is the, the Nick Cage song, Ode to Cage, How Do I Live Original, How Do I Live Bunny Back in the Box version, and How Do I Live Date Night version. I'm going to go with the, the framing ones, the Nick Cage song and the Date Night version. Okay, you think those are the fake ones? Yes. Unfortunately, Elizabeth, those are two very real track names. Both of them? Both of them are. The Nick Cage song is in Volume 6 Air Transparent, and it is actually on a, f a Homestuck Flash on page 2792. <sighs> How do I live date night version? And date is spelled with an 8 instead of all the way out through. Oh. That one is in volume eight. The two fake ones are Ode to Cage and How Do I Live Original. Wait, there's not an original, but there's different versions? There is an original How Do I Live from the Nick Cage movie, but it does not appear in Homestuck. And it does not appear in the Homestuck albums. Wait, when you say the Nick Cage movie, is there a... which... One? The, orig the original song airs in Con Air. Covers of it appear in Homestuck, such as uh, How Do I Live Date Night version, which is on the Volume 8 album, which is the same album that Cascade is on. And also the How Do I Live Bunny Back in the Box version, which is on Volume 5, but it also appears in two flashes in Homestuck on pages 1,931 and 2,787. So it, it appears twice. Wow. Wow. And it's because of John's obsession with Nick Cage. 
These were all Nick Cage-themed songs. Yeah, I mean, I could tell those two, but, I mean, it's one thing to have one, but three of them? That's just excessive. I actually actually don't remember which Flash is the Nick Cage song one. It's going to be terrible, whatever it is. We'll find it. (laughs) Someday. Hey, Elizabeth. Uh Uh-huh. You got that pretty fucking wrong. Little bit. Do you know what happens when you get a minigame wrong? Yeah, actually, I do. I do. But you can tell me anyway. I guess I'll just have to say it. You get to read more Homestuck. Joke's on you! I want to read more Homestuck because the kids are back! Oh no! (laughs) Ha! Whoa! Whoa! I've won even though I've lost! Maybe, did, could, did you lose on purpose, perhaps? Yes! Absolutely. I knew exactly those answers, and I just got them wrong. Uh-huh. Yep. Just have to take your word for it, I guess. You're gonna have to. Maybe we should get to the other part of the episode so that you can read more Homestuck, fucking addict. I can't argue. Probably should. Elizabeth. Yeah? (laughs) I've got a question for you. If it's something else about fucking shipping, because that's the- that's the voice. That's the- that's the voice. I don't know what you're talking about. Do not. I'm glaring at you through my computer. We had another pretty good conversation between John and Jade. And let me tell you, it was such a long conversation and he called her psychic. And like, I just feel like, you know, that's so romantic. Liz? Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, Jade and John are two you should not ship. Yeah. No, I felt like no, probably no. But they did have an interesting conversation because John kept asking Jade if she was psychic, and she said, no more psychic than you are. That is true. She said that, didn't she? Yeah. And we know from a narrative standpoint that she's pretty damn psychic. Yeah, she kind of is. Then again, she almost did wake him up the last time she was asleep and in the spires. So maybe she's right? Well, of course Jade's right. Jade's always right. But Elizabeth, Uh how could he be psychic? If he doesn't know he's psychic. Uh, maybe no one told him that he's psychic. But he hasn't had any visions of the future, and he's always bumbling around having no fucking clue what's going on. Are you sure he's had no idea- or, uh, visions of the future? Why don't you refresh my memory? 
I I don't know. He he might have, and he might have just thought it was something else, you know? Well, don't say that to me and not give me any fucking evidence, Elizabeth. <laughs> I don't have any evidence. You're a bad the- scientist. I don't have all... Yes, I am. I don't have any evidence off the top of my head, but I feel like that could be true, which is admittedly not very scientific. That's like the opposite of science. That's pseudoscience. Yeah, it's assumptions. I don't like pseudoscience. Get out of my house. I mean, critical, uh, literary analysis is basically just pseudoscience, so. (sighs) Don't Don't ask me to explain that either. Okay, I have been avoiding asking you about this particular thing because it's a big one. Okay. How was that flash? How was it in terms of story or how was it in terms of like user interaction? Let's go with both and let's say user interaction first. Get the boring part out of the way. Oh, I don't think that's the boring part at all. Oh, then fuck that. Do the story part first. <laughs> Neither part is the boring part. Um, I'll do the user interaction portion first anyway. I mean, as with all of the interactive flashes, it's an interesting way to integrate actual interaction into a medium that usually wouldn't have that kind of interaction. I think the closest thing I could think of to compare it to is like a choose-your-own-adventure, but also my choices didn't matter because then later on we got all of the important text anyway. But it was interesting to explore And I can imagine that if I was just reading this straight through, that'd be like a nice little break, like, oh, and then there's a little game, and you can explore instead of just reading. Yeah, no, I think personally it wasn't exactly my cup of tea, like I like the sound files better, for example, but I really did appreciate it in terms of technique. Me personally, I like video games. I'm a video game, I'm a video game person. Or are you now? Oh, I'm a very video game person. I play a lot of video games. <laughs> I know the secret word for video games, and that's video games. It's like the cool hit lingo the kids are using nowadays when they dab. Oh. Yeah, it's to yeet the haters away. So I've been playing. I play a lot of video games. <laughs> you really like that one? <laughs> no, 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 no. We can't just skim over that. Did you really just? say to yeet the haters away anyway so like i really like video games but the there's something about this this video game in particular you will pay for your lingo con i don't know what it is about it but it's kind of hard to navigate for me it's one of those things where it's like this is a really good concept and they do it better later on in the story and i think i liked it better when it was john's house because it was a more limited space this one I feel like the backgrounds were too repetitive and it was hard to tell exactly where you were going to find all of the cool things because there were a lot of cool things there's there's a salamander with a hat there's a salamander that tries to sell you a harlequin doll there's a uh there's a bunch of like postal boxes that have tablets inside of them there's my favorite the salamander that says farming these goddamn mushrooms fucking pain in the ass i love that guy 
it's kind of hard to find all of those things. Like when Elizabeth and I were on the call together, we would be like, oh, where, where are you? Oh, I went this way. Oh, I don't know where. Oh, uh. it was kind of hard to coordinate, <laughs> figure out where you are. Yeah. Hussey does give you a map, but it, unless you spend a couple of minutes like exploring the place, it's really hard to figure out where exactly you start. <laughs> Like, I didn't understand the full scope of the map until I found the mushroom farmer guy, and I was able to be like, ah, I can see where the mushroom patch is on the map, so now I know where everything else is. Yeah, in terms of video game comparisons, I would say the closest thing I've played to this is the Game Boy Advance Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire game, which similarly had very similar backgrounds in one area and so you could never really figure out where you were and there were also a lot of salamanders in that as well as a video game expert that knows how to dab the konami code <laughs> the the thing the game that it reminds me most of is uh the really old sierra games the point and click adventure games there weren't a lot of puzzles to do on this one and there was also combat but that's what it reminded me most of because there's a lot of pointing and clicking. There is a lot of pointing and clicking. And they're kind of hard to navigate. <laughs> yeah, also that. I'm, s I'm sorry, Sierra, your games are like 20 years old. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> they were cutting edge at one point. But yeah, that was the interface part. What did you think of it in the story aspect? We saw everything that was important later on in actual panels and then we had context for it so it was a little bit repetitive i think it was interesting but it for me it didn't add a ton to the story it would have had the same effect to me if we had just had the panels instead of the flash yeah it's more there for flavor yeah and anytime there is an interactive flash. I think the most important part of it is that it's drawing attention intentionally or unintentionally to the fact that this is still a game. Spurb is still there. It, yeah. It's still it's still a video game. Video game. This probably would have been easier to code, actually. But I think... A more effective way to do this would have been to make this like a side-scrolling platformer like Mario and his green brother Ouija. Because really, there's not a lot of choices we made in this part because, no. you know, we can't alter Homestuck. That's not going to happen. We're not going to find the car. Or can we? Oh, well, I'm going to hack the system. <laughs> You know, I feel like if you if they just made it like a regular like side-scrolling platformer and just made it look nice. Like this one did look nice too, but just, you know, like put those same aesthetics into a platformer instead. You could have gotten that feel across. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, I can jump and I can attack imps and I can put stuff in my queue stack full of shoes. Yeah. And stuff goes flying everywhere, but it's not it's not super long. It's not disorienting. That's just my suggestion. If you were to remake Homestuck for no fucking reason. Take that into account. Yeah, no, I can I can see that. And also, he would have always been facing the right way. Because he he didn't always. And I did have a problem with that. They they do this kind of game better in a hive swap. 
Hmm. Because in Hive Swap, you know, it, it, it is a video game. You actually do have some control over the situation. It's a linear video game. Like, it, you don't have any, like, any grand decisions to make. That one is also very much like a Sierra game, but it, it has, like, really good graphics. You know, because I'm a, I'm a super pro gamer. You... I only eat Mountain Dew and drink Doritos. <laughs> I care about things like graphics. Is it 4G? Is it 60 FPS? Yeah. I'll play it. Yeet. And I just dabbed in real life. <laughs> you need to be arrested for video game crimes. It's, it's called video games. Video game. They did it really well for Hive Swap. Also, Hive Swap had a bunch of people working on it for multiple years. I don't... This one was coded by one dude and written by Andrew Hussey. Yeah. So, six of one, half a dozen of the other. It's apples to oranges. You can't compare them, because Hive Swap is very good. And you should play it, actually, if you haven't. Because even if you're not a Homestuck, it's kind of fun. If you like point-and-click adventures. Which you should, because they're good. Which you do. Because you are a viddy gamer. Oh yeah, because I'm a viddy game master, and I read all the Game Bro magazines, Dab. Did you dab in real life again? Uh, no, actually, Elizabeth, I dabbed in the video game because I'm also playing video games while I'm doing this podcast because that's how dedicated of a gamer I am. Step the fuck up. Oh, damn! Oh, speaking of ooh, damn moments... <laughs> I just want to turn everyone's attention to some of my favorite Dave lines that I don't think get a lot of credit. Please. To Rose, he says, I guess I'll bone up on this FAQ for a while so I don't do anything stupid and deploy like 10 crux flangers and fuck up this whole game. And then he goes, oh my god, so many words. Do you think like the Pulitzer Committee is secretly <laughs> scouring the dregs of the game FAQ ar archives or something? Damn, I can't read this shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> also Rose. And there she goes. She has the karma. <laughs> she sure does. Oh, I see you opted to chat up one of those D-bags instead of talk to the guy who saved you from a swirling shitstorm of angry flaming wizards. I was worried your priorities might have been out of whack, but no, I was dead wrong. <laughs> there are so many good Dave... Rose and Jade conversations in various combinations in this section. I can't even get to every single good thing that was said here because Rose is super funny. Jade does some toilet crimes. <laughs> Carrying on the spirit of Rose before her. <laughs> Although that one when she's trying to like clean the bathroom. And she's like, I know how to clean. I'm going to take a towel and dunk it in the toilet. This means there are, there are two, there are three scenarios here. The first scenario is that one of her fancy inventions is like a, a cleaning robot or some auto cleaning toilet sink, you know, everything, all the works. Right. The second option is that the dog cleans everything. Which is something I would like to see. Not out of the question. And the third option is that she's living in filth. Let's hope that isn't the case, but you know... The more I look at Jade's house, the more I believe this. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe she just cleans her own room. Just picks some stuff up in her own room and that's it. Mm, I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell with these drawings. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, okay. One one last thing with the kids. Yeah. Dave thought it would be a really good idea to pee into the empty apple juice bottle, capsulize it, and send the captcha code to John so that John would drink his pee. And you know, that's like so romantic. <laughs> to be fair to you, I'm very impressed how you like built up the voice and the romance over the course of the episode so you could end with that one. <laughs> yeah. A deliberate crime. It is a deliberate crime. I won't do the voice for this next one because uh, this is kind of the last thing I wanted to ask you about. What's your what's your thoughts on the the WVARPM love triangle? You did the voice right, right there at the end there. It's involuntary. <laughs> a male lady is too dedicated to the male to get involved with either the mayor or the judge. That's what I think. Probably. Other than the love triangle, what's what's up with their story? Things are good. Things are interesting. They're finding all of these relics of the past, and they can communicate with the past. So that's fun. And they're going to be important somehow. And also, both the male lady and the judge also have barcodes on their wrists. So that's important. Yes. Yes. We also saw some frogs. We did also see some frogs, and I know the frogs are something. I just don't know what. We don't know what kind of important. Exactly. I mean, I do, but you don't. You do. I know everything. Well, you know everything, but maybe you don't remember everything. Give me a P. Give me an S. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth, to wrap up for today. Yes. Overall impressions so far on Act 4. Good. I really liked the... I know we didn't get a lot of Rose and the planet or the, the whatever of the land of light and rain, but I really liked what I saw of it. I in terms of just, like, design. Very rad. And I'm interested to see Dave and, and Jade play out their whole suburb stuff. And, well, Dave, Jade, and John, I guess, since John has to be the server for Jade. And Rose. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm glad we're back on the main plot line. I'm interested to see where the time shenanigans happen and how... The Midnight Crew fits in, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Soon, child, you will see. Soon? Soon for time shenanigans, maybe not soon for Midnight Crew. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to meeting more trolls. Things are looking up. Oh, yeah. There are... Many of them. Yes. And then I will know them, and I will know more things. And your favorite will not be Vriska. Absolutely not. But I thought you thought she didn't do anything wrong. Not doing anything wrong isn't the same as being my favorite. Who's your favorite right now? You know who's my favorite right now, of course. The one. The only. Kanaya. That's a good choice. How could I have said anything else? That's a very good choice, my friend. Thank you. Anyway, that is going to be 
all of the homestuck that we have for today. We read through pages 1,358 through 1,454. All of Homestuck can be found at homestuck.com, and if you need the accessible versions, they're linked on our Tumblr blog, lookhowsane.tumblr.com, and that's the version with image descriptions and also the audiobook version. And if you can't hear or you don't like audio, we have transcripts for all of these episodes, and Elizabeth writes them. They're also on that Tumblr. Yep. Our Twitter is at how underscore sane. Liz is the one who runs that, so you can uh, send over images for our image description game or weird facts about Andrew Hussey for Hussey's fixations, or just tweet at us and, you know, ask us questions about the podcast or what your favorite part of an episode was or anything fun like that. Or tell us something stupid that happened when you were a Homestuck fan. Yes, we'd always love to hear that. Something real dumb. Yep. I love to hear your your bad Homestuck stories. Yep. Or good Homestuck stories. Those are also good. All Homestuck stories. Our music is done by Elizabeth's brother, John Michael, who has a new project. A, A new project called The Funk Chronicles was just released. That was a collaboration with John Michael, with Eric Sternholm, and Amy Johnson, with with John Michael on the keys. And you can find it on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and SoundCloud. So check that out if you want to hear more of John Michael's music, if you think our theme music is pretty great and you want to hear more of that. Yeah, John Michael just really knows how music works, because I don't. He really does. I don't even know what a key signature is. No, I had to tell you what it was. I played the violin for many years. I was first chair violin, and I don't know what a key signature is. Shame on you. Anyway, that's going to do it for today. (laughs) (laughs) Be sure to rate and review us on iTunes if you get the chance, because, you know, that's nice. Yep, and tell all of your friends about this podcast and the good bad webcomic that we talk about on it and tell your enemies about our bad episodes yes please do especially the sweet blow and hella jeff one please do inflict that on any enemies you have and then until next time remember Riska did nothing wrong she of course didn't do anything wrong because she's a woman on a mission in love <gasps> Bye, everyone.